Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, if you remember, we had ads for Harry's Razors a while ago, and that didn't really work out so well because nobody cared. We have a new sponsor that actually makes sense because I like to drink, and you guys do too. It's called Wink, W-I-N-C is how it's spelled, based on a quiz that you take on their website, which is really fun, asking you about your flavor profile, if you like blueberries, if you like your coffee black, if you like cream in it, what color shoes you have, what state you were born in, all of that stuff goes into it, and they will send you a box every month with new wines for you to try. You can skip any month, you can cancel any time, there's no membership fees. It's good for people who don't have access to a good wine shop in their neighborhood. All of our listeners in Alaska and places like that are unable to really get some bomb-ass wines. All you have to do is go to trywinkwinc.com slash the stew. And when you do that, you'll get $20 off your first shipment of wine. You can be one of those people where you just come home from work because you hate your job and then there's a box at your door. And you think it's going to be like Amazon paper towels, but it's not. It's four bottles of wine that you're going to drink tonight. Try Wink. W-I-N-C dot com slash the stew. If you do that, even if you don't like it, even if you think it's dumb, just do it anyway and you will help support us. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the show. Hello, hello. You're listening to The Stew. I'm Jason Stewart, Andre Conaparo. Say hello. Hi. We have one guest today, Darren Brez, the Brezzy. Welcome Brezzy. back. The Brezzy back. Uh, you, you and your bro were on here, what, maybe six months ago or something like that? Time flies. Has it only been six months? Mm-hmm. It's like a year. Has it been a year? It's been a year. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, <laughs> there's just so many pods that happen that they all get oh, yeah. lumped into like a very wide category. Care. <laughs> as soon as as soon as one pot is done, it's out of the brain. It's out of the brain. It's like we never did it. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me back. Super excited to be repping the snacky tunes. You guys did a you guys did a good job last time. I remember um, we had some good times. We learned a lot from like that episode. You you put us on to Cato. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and you're like, oh, you gotta go check out this tasting menu Shout spot out. in Santa Monica. Blah, 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 blah. And Semi finalist like, James Beard Award. Sounds cool. Check yeah. it out. And then. And then we, we had him on the pod, and it was a good pod, and now we're friends, and we went and ate at the restaurant. Isn't it awesome? It's yeah. great. He's 25. It's nuts. I just went there the, the other night shit. What's uh, up, when they yeah, did their um, special beef noodle dumpling night. Mm. Yeah, I wanted to ask oh, you about man. that, because they did, they did like a pop-up, like a one-night yeah. thingy of a beef... What kind I, well, of- I think they're doing it again. It, it was awesome. Uh, I was not prepared. I didn't know the Taiwanese food could get that hot, uh, and that just... Mm. Based mostly on ignorance um, and also lack of having Taiwanese food, and I, I really, really went down that that uh, heat rabbit hole. But the soup was so good, the dumplings were so good. Um, you know, it's how a hot gr- are we talking on the Rotten Tomato scale of heat? Um, 
I would say like uh, like a six out of ten. Rotten tomato scale. Not yeah, maybe five. I mean, I don't know because I feel like you need to add one more now, zero to that. To like I'm a huge 100. like I watch a lot of hot ones, and I feel like my concept of like what's hot now is so n- nothing compared to like how hot it gets on shows like that, or like how right. hot hot sauce can get. Uh, so I feel like if ten is the like oh this is hot. In the world of where like heat is still something where it's not just like oh it's crazy mm-hmm. like I've melted my tongue like ten is at the like it's still enjoyable and it's but it's hot mm-hmm. I'll put it at a six okay I, yeah mm-hmm. I think now because of those like insane hot sauces and like that hot one show that's very yeah. popular I think there's like two categories of heat where like that is like you put one drop of uh, like Armageddon yeah. nitro death sauce on your tongue and you freak out. But that's not. It's it's like a different. All right. If we put if field. we put number ten as the larb, it's like the NBA and the WNBA. Market. There's two different. If, if the larb at night market is number ten, that's a fair because scale. The last time I <laughs> ate it, I, I remember coming home you and you know out. you know those scenes in all sci-fi movies where like someone explodes from the outside and the lights are shooting out of their chest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt. So that's ten. <laughs> so I'll put night market. That's in a bad way. Night market is ten. But and also, like you God and your chest opens up. Yeah, meaning yeah, but I like think the devil's not. calling and your chest opens up. That, that's that, different because I feel like the light coming shooting out of your body from the inside out. I feel like there's some positivity there, whereas more of like getting dipped into like like the Terminator getting dipped into the yeah. hot molten lava. Like that's a that's a negative burn. I don't know. I feel like a. a Did you so, experience euphoria? It's, it's liquid metal. It's not lava. No. You're right. It is, it is. molten, molten stew. Yeah, I feel like it'd be a weird experience eating food where the heat comes feet up. Yes, <laughs> we're like you're. You're like feet. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. The heat from this dish is going to start in your toes, and it's going to work its yeah. way up. This is the future of food. Oh uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. The the keto, they're so awesome. It's like I'm surprised it hasn't blown up more, but I feel like it's pretty blown up. You know, Santa Monica, what are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of it. I mean, there is, I mean... Obviously, lots of people eat in Santa Monica all the time. There's tons of money there. But for Andre and I, there there better be like a pot of gold on the end of that rainbow. I know. You know I well, the pot of gold there. is Cato because it's pretty much yeah. like... I work in Santa Monica and it's one. still that's tough good. to have yeah. dinner because just like I finish work and then it's like I don't want to eat dinner until like two hours later and like I'm not going to hang out over mm-hmm. there. It's <clears> tough. <throat> it's really... it's far but there's so many good like <laughs> naisha's new place native mm-hmm. you I've know heard good things her good things still on my list and i apologize to her on on record that i still haven't gone yet because i am not apologizing <laughs> on record do you think she's listening right now maybe i've heard it's actually really good it's really good i just went to felix on tuesday what'd you think made a trek out to the west side i think i think uh the the stuff that was simple yeah was the best yeah and the stuff that was really rich and and laid on thick was a, was less of a favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, like such as, uh, <clears throat> well, like it's it's kind of like when you go to Mexico and you like eat just regular plain Mexican food. And no, like, I mean, what are the dishes you're talking about? I know. Oh, he's like, like, on you're, the going, spot. you're going so big with it, and you're just like, I'll, I'll get into it. But I, I but I wanted to more like. Like you want that kind of regional simplicity of like sure. meat tortilla. That's going to be the best bite versus like this crazy thing with sprouts and blah 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 and these sure. things like, like it's when it comes down to it's a matter of editing, right? Or like uh, the best sushi is rice and fish. Are only you looking for some not. jazz where the it's about the notes you don't play, Jason? <laughs> 
I think that's that. I mean, are you, that, so, so you're, what yeah, you're saying is like, it's about the notes you, you don't You're play. down for a jazz trio, but once you get to that quintet <laughs> or sextet, yeah. you start going like, yeah. do you need well, that vibraphone? Know. Do you need? Well, once there's a video installation, he's just, he's leaving that bar. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sorry. So who's the seventh member of your jazz trio? <laughs> yeah. It's a video guy. Yeah. <laughs> he plays video. You got six triangle guys. Cool. Yeah. There's um, uh, I would, but like the, the dishes that I didn't like quite as much, there's like a gnocchi dish. With uh, like these black trumpet mushrooms, I think, mm. and then like a very rich cream sauce and truffle and all that. Like, right. like you eat one one bite of it and you're like, "This is really good." But like, I you ha- I have to like lay down now after eating one bite. I couldn't no, I do it. You. Or like the pizza that was just like pepperoni pizza, but done like the elevated level, like so much better there. than like the pizza that's covered in truffles. Or right. yeah. and then like the 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 rigatoni. I think it's like the just a plain rigatoni that they make somehow with just tomato sauce mm. and a little bit of parm, and you're and you can just like these tomatoes taste so good. This pasta, it's tastes that so like argument of like the best Italian food is four ingredients, mm-hmm. and so yes. it's like you know the flour and the water that makes the pasta, the sauce, and you know some cheese. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. I mean, was well, it bumping? Fo- was that it focaccia? Patch? It was bumping. Yeah, it was very bumping. On like a misty Tuesday night, DiCaprio was there in the corner. Was he really? He was. Baseball cap slid down, cover his eyes. Dodger cap slid all the way down, sitting in the very far corner so he could look at everyone else. But And he was like kind of hidden behind some glass. How's he looking? Still got that dad bod? He still got the dad How'd bod. How'd you find him? It, it, well, I mean, when Leo's in the yeah. re- it's a small restaurant, it's so small like restaurant. everybody know like the okay. waiter comes around. It like, doesn't oh, matter. Yeah. That description made it sound like you're no. just like I need to find who that mystery person is behind <laughs> door number. No, one. I, I couldn't even see him that he was there, but like like everyone knows. Like, like the the bus boy walks by and you see fucking Leo over there. Like everybody yeah. knows. I mean, that's you so could be fun for him. you could be in a room. You <laughs> the could be bus boy's like, room. "Look at that fucking guy over there," and Leo's just like, "I'm trying to be he's alone so, eating." But some he's bread. so famous, you know. Like he's top. He's like, top he's tier. Pretty famous. He's top tier. It's. It, I mean, wait. Like, what's the name of movie he's been in again? <laughs> Titanic. Departed. Yep. 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 All <laughs> yeah, right. That does. I'm not out. a cop. I remember. I mean, those. he hasn't. I mean, Romeo and Juliet. He, he's an Oscar winner now. The Revenant. The Revenant. Yeah. He finally got that that little statue. Mm-hmm. But he he's in that living legend god tier status of celeb where sure. like he can just fucking just think he had to wait he two can weeks put a letter a in a mailbox and it's on the front page of the Times you know I feel like I feel like though he's not in the rags the celeb the celeb tabloids there, there's I always see a picture of him vaping on a city bike man oh, okay with a little dab maybe, body maybe, on some wasn't cargo that just shorts. one photo <laughs> no there's a lot of there's a he lot of vapes. There's there's like collection there's libraries of Leo on a city bike. I wouldn't be surprised if he had uh, <laughs> somewhere some near investments vape. In, in vape company in multiple vape companies. It would be smart. Yeah, I mean you know play to your strengths. But uh, but the focaccia there, the focaccia is great. The focaccia no. is insane. Was there anyone in the in the pasta lab? Yeah, there's a guy in the pasta lab. I mean it's more of a more of a pasta prison, I guess. Yeah. They have like a, a glass box in the center of the restaurant where they make the pasta. You think they went to the standard in Hollywood and they're like, that, <laughs> but pasta. <laughs> like when you walk in the lobby and there's like the bikini clad girl in the fish tank. I was there, my friend was staying there the other night. I was there and I like uh, that they still do that. They still do it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's still like, let's not get with the times. Let's still put some young girl in a glass box when you walk in. 2018. We're still, we're still kind of objectifying like think a woman. Person, think about the person who has to cut the check to the girl 
who's in the box at the standard in Hollywood and being like, we're still, we're still writing check. We're still doing, okay. <laughs> Look, Warren Beatty could walk in at any minute. They have to keep somebody in there oh 24 hours. I also oh like more, I, I like the idea of like the girl in there maybe like checking her phone and then like a manager walking by and being like, hey, 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 no cell phones. But you're allowed to do your homework. I feel like I've seen girls doing homework in there. <laughs> James Conn just smacks a Rolex against the glass <laughs> yeah, and yells yeah, yeah. at her to keep dancing. Clink, clink, clink. You go. Yeah, doing your homework in there is somehow has a worse feel to it. I know. It's like, oh, this is, <laughs> this is, this is low. I, I don't know. I, I, I remember, because when I was going anyway, there we to love my the friend, over there on, down somebody on was like, yeah, Jason oh, is the girl DJ's still there, doing it? So it's a cool place. <laughs> I mean, the pool's really nice. The pool is nice. I've never, yeah, I've never, uh, you know, hotel pool at the standard. How did you two meet? Well, I was, I was DJing and she was the girl in the box. And, uh, you know, anyway, I realized, I saw that uh, the Alma was out there. I didn't, I didn't realize that. Alma's out, yeah. Yeah. And then, and Ari has a new breakfast pop-up in Santa Monica. Great. Mm -hmm. Shout out Ari. It's called Little Prince. Mm-hmm. The petit prince. Yeah, he's. I think it'll. I think it'll be. It'll be better for him over there in Santa Monica because that you know, like nobody wants to go to the Sunset Strip. No. It's a hard location for something casual. I mean, if if any of the expectation is to not have people dining who are staying at the hotel, mm-hmm. no one wants to go to a hotel no to one. eat. That's true. It's true. No, it's hard. I mean, even though that is such a big trend now to have a named chef in your hotel, absolutely. I still think... Like down there at the old Ace downtown? Yeah, with shout out to Michael and Colin. I think that works much better in like a, a harder specific tourist destination. Like in Vegas, it's literally made and invented for Vegas. Yeah. But in LA, mm-hmm. when you've got such an incredible selection of restaurants sure. and such a huge population of appreciative daily driver people who live here who will travel and do a lot for food. Mm-hmm. Throw that in a hotel and then put the constraints of serving hotel food to guests. It's mm-hmm. like, it's just fucking it's such an yeah, It's not like in New York where you're like walking by and you're like, oh, Soho Grand, you know, I'll go and get some breakfast really quick. It's like, you're, you're in LA, you gotta drive you gotta to drive go get anywhere. the food anyway, so you're not gonna go do it at a hotel. No. Like, cool, I, the valet is 20 bucks. The, yeah, the best meal from the best chef that we've had has never been at their residency in a hotel. It's at no. their restaurant, mm-hmm. it's what they started, it's where they're visiting. It's something, but like the rule of thumb is, if you like a chef and they're at a hotel, wait till they're not at the hotel anymore. Yeah, if you love restaurant. if you love Shake Shack, don't get it at the airport. No, uh, <laughs> first off, oh, let's back it up. Let's back, it up. Let's back that. Same wait, up. Is, is, is is Shake Shack the first restaurant to do airport? Because Shake correctly? Shack. At Delta in New York is the only place where you consistently get their breakfast sandwich. Okay. So, but is the quality the exact same? Exact same. It's the exact same. Okay. Well, that's. I think that's that's good because for forever, airport restaurants have had to work within the constraints. Yes. I mean, you know, when you're you're dining into PF Chang at LAX, you know, you're not going to get that same (laughs) level of quality. No, I mean, but even saying it was really hard with him doing. What's it called? Wait, who was? Roy Choi was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Roy, he, like he set up the Kogi, the like, Kogi fake truck, truck there. Oh, yeah. And he was saying, like, I couldn't. And he, and he was talking about it not on the side of, like, I couldn't get quality people. He, you know, his mission is, like, get young kids, get sure. people in there, give them an opportunity. And he was talking about, like, the constraints of, like, basically having to use 
union labor not being able to, I mean, train or talk to them in specific ways mm-hmm. that kind of Im- that Im- are embedded in the culture of Kogi and all those mission statements mm-hmm. of all those companies. They're basically like, yeah, we don't do it like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like, no. but no, 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 this is like a positive nurturing space where I want to encourage. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, no, 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 but I got my 15. Like, I really and- want you to put the love into the food when you're making it. And then like, they pull out their earbud and like, what? What was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I mean, look, I think. You can't say love to me legally. Something with Shake Shack, uh, I think it's probably a, uh, a easier lift to get matching quality than for something yeah. With like a Kogi or anything, like I would say anything above a burger. A flat top. Flat top <laughs> is probably tough. I've it's had a tougher. decent burger in an in a airport. I feel like I mean, thinking look, about it, it's probably, um, um, yeah. Last time I was at Newark, I went to the, Ooh. I always pronounce it wrong, but the Tuskegee, Tuskegee Fish Market sushi place they set up there. Hmm. Uh, so essentially, so you know. So the sushi at, at Newark the, is well, good look, or bad? So, so it's, it's, you know, the, the, the premise is that uh, the famous fish market is sh- in Tokyo mm-hmm. is shipping directly to Newark. Right. And then, so, like, let's do a sushi place, but, like, but I mean... <laughs> that is a good problem. Great, Can you add? Great it's, idea. It's a great idea. I mean, I was definitely there and had it, like, in the morning, and the, 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 the actual, the biggest issue was the rice was so stale yeah. that I couldn't even taste the fish. But I was like, yeah, this makes sense. I mean, like a lot of these restaurants, if they're getting their yeah, fish in, from in Tokyo, they're the coming through Newark. Makes sense. You know what I mean? Logistics makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, you know, I, it's an incentive to get people to eat. Could at- you add curly fries to any roll for fourteen dollars? You could. There's also <laughs> supposedly this like speakeasy secret restaurant in Newark, which yeah, I whoa, yeah. I had to dig in deeper, but like I was like, Disneyland I, has like that kind of vibe. Oh, Club Thirty Three. Club Thirty Three. Club Thirty Three is amazing. Club Thirty Three is effing magical. But is the food there good? Yes, I've eaten there. It's really, really? good. Are you a yep. Disney head? Big time. Okay, okay. I've always wanted. Shout out to my wife, who's mm. big, works over at Disney, and my wife. Huge. Oh, okay. Uh, we get all right. Let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. All right. We, don't, we but, get it. Yeah, great. Disney's great. Let me say this about Disney. If you are into experiences, right, mm-hmm. like a fully immersive experience where you go and it's like it's like happy and it's magical and it's great, like it is the top of the game. It's the Beyonce of experience. It is. Mm-hmm. Like it is. you true. go to Disneyland. Like I went to – we went to Disney World. I went to Disney World for the first time over winter uh, break and um, being <laughs> there and seeing all like the different worlds – and like everything like that, like it's amazing. Like you go to like a safari, you know what I mean? Like you literally like are like in uh, Animal Kingdom, like you're in a safari and the new Avatar, right? Like I'm like, okay, this is the top. This is if you want to see the best in the world at that type of like amusement theme park, it's Disney, hands down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's de- de- definitely Disney World too. Yeah, well, you go to Disneyland. You take a little grass before that safari. No, yeah, okay. yeah. no drugs, no drugs at Disney. That's a little, it's a little. A little off kilter, but it's it's That's a little re- necessary requirement for me to walk through those gates. Mm-hmm. Fair mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's I, I love like I love it. Just like going to Whole Foods, I can't do it sober. Oh, uh, even three six five. Just like leaving the house, I can't do it sober. Um, hate three six five. Really, I like three six five. I like three six five. That salad. I mean, I'm a salad bar head, and their their salad uh, bar is. What are you like a Lassen's guy? Mm, not really a Lassen's guy. I just regular Whole Foods. 
Oh. There's not enough for him to steal from the salad bar to make it worth his time. Well, the the it, it's they're on the regular Whole Foods salad bar is on a weight by weight system, and then the 365 is by volume. Oh, I'm I'm totally more of a volume by weight. You can cram. Are you just so- mule kicking like? Field greens into that thing. Oh, yeah, you, that's you put what you it in there, and then you have like one of those things that sucks the air out. You know, <laughs> that's what you do, and you just like get get rid of all that air in between your. So like, salad. like when my mom is storing like comforters in the cupboard, and she like I bring back, I bring one of those pocket them? ones in that I bought a uh, late night on TV, and I just suck all the air out, and they'd be like, "How did you fit six pounds of salad into the small but container?" It's, it's, and it's, I go. Uh, like, and I go, I go, it's the same don't thing as me. like factory raised chickens like, with inflated judge. breast sizes. Like, like did, sure, it's bigger, but like, is it like, better? Did you fit a whole pizza? You can't even toss. Of... It's too full to toss. Oh, man. No, no, no. It's like, okay, remember when Dana would talk about going to that fucking awful Mongolian barbecue place on Sunset? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was by volume, right? Yeah. But the thing was, they would, they would shave the meat frozen so it curled up and it was kind of like harder to fit. Uh-huh. Like the slice was harder to fit cuz it was curled up and frozen into the bowl. <laughs> so so he would tell stories about just like putting as much meat into the bowl as he could and then just punching it into the bowl till the meat smashed into shards and I mean, putting it, more look, meat yeah. and, and repeat punching. It's very much a game of fuck me, fuck you. Like yeah, you're trying oh, yeah. to get one over me, I'm going to get one over you and like uh-huh. we're, we're Which normally I'm into that. Yeah. No, I mean I I I'm down. I'm down with the 365. You know, it's it's what we call it. <laughs> Going, going in, By the way, grabbing I, like a little I, pack I, of chicken. I'm gonna say this, I actually had this conversation last night where, <laughs> when they were building it out, uh, this is. This, Do you live this, near? This it? is so specific to LA, but when they were building it out, I was like, "This parking lot is not big enough." I was like, "They're not gonna be able to fit cars." <laughs> and actually, I was totally wrong. All You're like the Jewish grandma like, I never like had. Their, their parking lot actually is. It's annoying, but it's the engineers have enough spots for people. It's and the quite whole literally time, the. Perfect size it's for the that. Perfect size. I remember driving down by to the car and being like, "Like someone fucked up. <laughs> this parking lot isn't big enough. Something fine." And I never pumped. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing. Urban and planners, man. And literally, this is the, the second box. time I'm talking about it this weekend about how impressed I am by the engineers behind the three six five. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, I never have to go there again. It's not bad. They have Topo Chico. I'll see you there. I'll see you there. Okay, okay. I'm uh, call me a purist. What can I say? Yeah. But so the so the the, the Club Thirty Three, the food is actually so good. I haven't heard anything Club great about the food there. Is really awesome. They really put their time in. It's a tasting menu. They have an awesome chef. They just they redid it in the last year. Like it's what does it cost? It's a tasting menu cost. Like it's it's like over, you know, it's like I think 125 a person before booze and tax and tip. Okay. But it's legit like It's not bad. No, it's like a it's like a real restaurant and they have money, you know, it's a club. They have And you can kind of while you're in there you can see out into like a a bayou. Yeah, it's 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 above I, I'm pretty sure it's above Pirates of the Caribbean. I think it's on Pirates, it's, like in a little like, bayou. Like, you know, kind of, when you're in knowledge. Well, it's blue bayou. Blue, oh, yeah. but, no, but 33 is attached to it. Um, and you can go out, like, uh, they have like a wraparound deck, go out, take a photo, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. I mean, I, <laughs> what, what can I say? It was a really, it's a good meal. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. Filled remember, with magic. I remember being there. When there's also, and there's also a bar. So you have Club 33, the restaurant, and mm-hmm. then there's also a bar in there. Uh, um, 
and they had a jazz band. And it was like a jazz, it was like drinking a whiskey and watching jazz in the middle of Disneyland. Like, I'm not mad, like. We'll do that all day long. Yeah, I'll do that all day long. Sure. But it's funny because, like, we got really dressed up. You know, Everybody like we, does. We got dressed. Uh, well, I hard mean. Hard pause. Hard pause on that because there are definitely some people there. Like, I, it was like, I was like, oh, you probably have, like, a lot of money. Because, uh, you know, it's like, it's, like, really expensive annual dues and to become a member. And, and the like, wait list is, like, 10 years. The wait years. list is crazy. Basically, and, it's all corporate now. It's, like, And it's basically, like, like, we were dressed up. It was my yeah. wife and two of, our, two of our really good friends. And then uh, I went, I was, like, I was, like, oh, it's, like, really fancy. And then you go into, like, the jazz club area, and it's just, like, dudes in, you know, like, shorts and... Slack-jawed yokels? Yeah. Well, I mean, I- I- that rich? Are you still slack-jawed? Mm-hmm. I feel like when you get that rich, yeah. I f- there's a plastic uh, surgery procedure where you can take the slack <laughs> out of the jaw. It needs to become a jaw yokel. <laughs> I remember standing in front of that when I was a teenager mm. and watching George Carlin barrel out of there with a girl on each arm in very high pencil skirts. And, uh, that's cool. and he was just like whistling. like <laughs> Love George Carlin. That's amazing. <laughs> One on each arm. George Daddy. Carlin, I think, was the first, uh, to the God. first comedian I ever listened to. I remember really? having his tapes, cassette tapes of George Carlin. Carlin yeah. tapes. Yeah. Um, I've been famously restricted for years and years and years. I know. Do you remember when they did the George Carlin show on, on Fox? Yeah. Yes. Oh. I mean, whatever payday he got, but like, good for him. And like, the whole joke was like, is he going to curse? And then he didn't. And I was like, this is very bad. Mm. But sure, get yours. No, I feel, I feel George like, Carlin without cursing is I feel like if just... they could do the George Carlin show on like a Netflix these days, uh Mm. But you know. Well, speaking of that, uh, I think the last last time the three of us were hanging out was at Phil Rosenthal's premiere. Yes, the Netflix show. Yeah, we had, and we then were, you had him on your pod. Oh man, how's, so, what was, how's how's Phil in the pod? Phil is amazing. Uh, we took him to Lhasa. Shout out to uh, Chad and Chase. Um, well, because so originally we were supposed to interview him right before the screening, mm. and then. Uh, we got bumped for Jimmy Kimmel. Classic, right? <laughs> classic classic Kimmel bump. I Only swear. in this town, baby. Kimmel, if you're listening, if you bump us one more time. Um, anyway, so, uh, so we got bumped. And so then I was like, all right, like, you know, in our mind, when we have that big of a guest, I was like, let's keep it formal. Let's keep it, like, tight. You know, let's keep it, like, as easy as possible. And so we were going to go to, like, Neuhaus or something like that and do an interview. And so when I saw him at the event, uh, I was like, hey, man, like, you know, we'll see you next week for, um, for the interview. He's, he's like, like, yeah, yeah, could, can I get another No, 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 uh, no. He was, and he was like, he's like, he's like, he's like, oh, we're going to have lunch? And I was like, oh, like, you want to have a meal? Because I, like, I was like, well, come in. It's a hard 30-minute interview, and mm. we're out. And I was like, oh, you actually want to sit down and have a meal with us? I was like, okay. And so then uh, when Kong and Greg and I talked about it, we're like, well, where can we go? Like, who, like what's the place? Because, you know, you, sort of, you don't want to just, like, He's been everywhere. Like, if you look at, right. like, his show, like, not only been anywhere, it's like, it's like, he's put those shows on TV, and he has, like, you know, LA episodes, and I was like, all right, well, where can we take him that I like? And we're like, let's go to Lhasa. You know, Lhasa, it's Filipino food. It's new. They're great, you know, and like that. Um, and especially based During on the we, daytime, it'll be a nice yeah. room to record in. And we had, in our lunch, uh, we talked essentially from, like, his growing up to, like, modern day, and just... Um, uh, he was awesome. He was so generous with his time and so generous with his stories. Um, yeah, it was, he was. He was really. He's great. Did you say bad words on your pod? I can't remember if he cursed. I feel like that's my. That's when Phil's really cooking. Is when you got him, and he's not being like 
G-rated he, film. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't remember if he cursed. Um, you know, we had a couple of good off mic stuff mm-hmm. that uh, mm-hmm. Phil's a dirty dog. When we go off mic, no, it wasn't dirty. Nah, it, was nah, just, nah. it was just, it was some stories. Um, but no, he was great. You know, when you get to, when you get a chance to sit down with uh, like guys like that who've just been around for so long, mm-hmm. you're just like, oh man, like I want to be in the game as long. <laughs> I want to stick around for as long as you stuck around. And like keep reinventing yourself and growing and like being like, just he, know, he took advantage of a of a lucky situation of that show taking off and uh, and then getting into restaurant investments. Yeah, and now I, that is just soaring. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know that that very early in the game. Like he was an original investor in Jar. Like he's got his hands in a, a lot of figurative uh, pies. Maybe yeah. not pie restaurants, <clears throat> but. And his <laughs> and his his like track record for successful investments is very high. Well. Which is tough in the restaurant biz. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think you talk about, it, it, it's perception, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you, you don't talk about the eight restaurants that's failed. You go like, oh yeah, I invest in this, I invest in that. But yes, I mean. But eight uh, out of 25 is still. I mean, eight out of 25 is awesome. It's, you're, you're batting a higher average than pretty much any other restaurant investor. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't think he has official restaurant group, right? He's just, like, he's just an investor. It's just him. It's just him and his business manager. <sighs> Who green lights it or red lights it? But you know, getting w- in for a moza, all of Nancy's shit. Like, I know big. that was the crazy one. He's mm. got like oh, literally f- a finger in that pie, pizza pie. <laughs> yep, <laughs> pizza pie. <clears throat> uh, but no, he's great. You know, he's he's awesome, and I really enjoyed the show. You know, I think it's a really sweet show. I think it's a really important show in the canon of food stuff because you know you have like. Like, look, I just, you know, I'm currently watching Ugly Delicious, and I feel like that's very much in the, uh, like, very cool, hip show, like the wink and the nod. And A little more like high-minded. That. Yeah. And, um, and that's definitely the tradition of, like, the no reservations and things like that. But mm-hmm. and so I think when you see uh, somebody feed Phil, like, it's nice. Like, it's, 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 it's a good way to get into food shows. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, especially if you're a kid, like, we're going to eat popsicles today in yeah. Cambodia. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, that's fine. Yeah, it's great. And we'll start I, off. I think, it's, I think it's, you know, it's not as... It's the opposite side of the shtick, but it's just <laughs> as self-aware. Yeah. Like, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's incredibly conscious of what it's trying to be. Mm-hmm. And then that shows cut and the music and his tags and everything. It's I mean, like, it's not fly in the wall. It's very, very produced and very explicit about its perspective and its personality. Sure. But it's also, I think, complete. It's one. It kind of stands at its own in that personality, in like the food pantheon yeah. of, of TV shows and in media. Yeah. It's very sweet. I mean, it's that's sweet, not to say it, it's he's the not sweetest food show. And I want to be clear. That's not to say that I'm saying he's being insincere. No, I'm not saying that it's like a full on performance. But mm-hmm. it's like it's definitely. If this is Phil, if Phil's normally to three, that show is Phil at a ten. Sure. And it's not just like, eh, you know, it's me. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, Uncle Phil, just, this is me every day. It's like, no, this is like cranked it's on I mean, steroids they shoot and like human growth hormones. and Ten days, I think, per episode. Yeah. You know, that's a lot. I mean, ten days to shoot in a city like that is a ton. Well... Also, when you're, old. when you're dealing with somebody that has that much money, they don't want to be scrappy. Like, they don't want... Uh, Your Netflix, they don't want the a gods? 16... No, I mean, you tell Phil Rosenthal he's going to be shooting for 18 hours a day. He's like, yeah, it's a pass. <laughs> They're like, all right, uh, we'll go back and do the numbers again. And it's yeah. like, how about a six-hour day where you eat four meals and then you go to bed? He's like, 
okay, I'm in. I can do it. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, he really he puts in the work. His brother puts in the work. I mean, it's for sure, great, it's it's great. I mean, I'm I imagine there's going to be a season two or part two. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a I, it's a better fit to see it on Netflix. I, I mean, what does PBS do better in? But now that we have like the landscape that we have between Hulu originals and Netflix and HBO, it's like. What does PBS do that, that the rest of the world well, doesn't do now? I mean, because that show on PBS was so ham-fisted into PBS as opposed to seeing it on Netflix. I mean, look, like, getting a show as a chef on PBS is still... It's incredibly, like, it's, it's an a incredible star, it's achievement, like, It's a for star sure. on the shirt, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, like to, to have a PBS show, to me, to be part of that, like, literal rich culinary history of, like, Julia Child and Ming, like, all that, mm-hmm. like... And it like to me is like that is it's like uh, your band getting asked to play Coachella. Yeah. Well, look, it's, it's like it's, it's kind of like, shitty now, but it's legendary. It's enough. Democratizing right off the bat because it's free. Yeah. So I'm not. So yeah. that is really clear and very aware but when I, I say I this. I don't. That like, I don't okay, think it's fine. shitty. I mean, I think I think PBS still. Does I don't think really, it's shitty. I think it does good work. I think they do good work. I think they do important work. You know, you, you know, people. It's like your point. It's like oh, it's seven ninety nine a month. Well, some people can't. Seven, no, that's what I'm saying. And so like the I'm fact fully that behind that. It's free programming, and it's and you know the thing about PBS that you're always going to have is you're going to have a strong point of view, yep. and you're going to have something that is a, sort of adding to the benefit of society. Like I look at, look, Ugly Delicious is is, is great. Uh, Some of you feel is great. Like, are they pushing forward like social cause and things like that? And same way that PBS is, I don't think so. Well, PBS is not doing that through its food shows. But my point is what used to what only about imi- be... I mean, I think Immigrant Table is, is pushing forward the story of the, like immigrants in America. Yeah, but Bourdain for- is doing similar stuff on CNN, too. My point is like PBS used to be the only platform for that kind of programming. Sure. yes. That was the only place you would find things like that mm-hmm. five years ago. And now I feel like that... that <clears throat> That topic and that content is being done to an extent with a little bit less constraints and slightly better on other platforms. Yeah, I mean, you know, the yeah, thing- net- Netflix at this point is basically public television. We pay ten bucks a month, but we don't think about it anymore. It's yeah. just like a built-in cost to our yeah. life at this point. <laughs> it f- it feels free at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's very much like the uh, like the television fee in like in like Japan or the UK or something like that, where right. it's like. Here you go. Here's my ten bucks a month. Now you have a billion dollars to make yeah. programming. Right, like, we take it out of your out of the dull. Radio One keeps going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. It's like uh, there was a time when so everybody has to pay for BBC, right? It's like a national still, tax. Yeah, still. Mm-hmm. But there, I don't know if it still was, but I remember reading a story that there was a time where if you didn't, you were shamed. Like they would put a yes. sign out in front of your mm. house that said like, you didn't pay your BBC bill this year, there, not supporting news. There's actually yeah, work for a lot of shows. There's actually yeah. uh, work for voter registration. It's the same in Japan. Uh, in a oh really? One Q eight four that Murakami book. There's a huge part of it about the I think it's the NKT collector. Like it's a huge theme in the book. Right. That, but like they'll I come to your Murakami. house. And they'll like knock on your door and shame you and things yeah, like yeah. that. But like, yeah, it's, it's a public, it's public, and yeah. that and you can say like I don't have a TV and things like that. And sure. like, but it's you get shamed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you totally get shamed. <laughs> but you know, but but it changes. You know, when you look at that thing where you pay for it and it's different now. But like, it used to be that, um, you know, television really had to be 
like a public service to like educate and mm-hmm. inform and entertain yes. in the UK and America. It's like literally just like a capitalistic, like all about making money with the exception of probably like PBS. Right. Like everything else was like money, 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 money. You can see the difference in the programming. It's probably when it started. I think it's mm-hmm. different now. I mean, yeah, the Discovery Channel is just about flipping houses at this point and uh, not yeah. like learning about one nature my, and the world. One of my favorite thing when I was, uh, I was working in development, uh, in TV in New York. I mean, I still do, but like, and well, I guess now I work in development for web video program. But I remember uh, getting a meeting to pitch to um, the Planet, like Planet Channel or Green mm-hmm. Planet. And I was like, I spent all this time, like, I was like, all right, I got six pitches, all about the Planet, all about green stuff. And I get on the phone call and they're like, yeah, so, so excited to hear what you have to say. Just to let you know, we're not doing anything that's to do with like the Planet or green stuff anymore. We're totally changing. And I was like, <laughs> are you changing the name? Like, no, no, we're still Planet. Whatever the hell it was called, but now we're like, you have someone with like, they never want to say reality. Like, we're looking for like big personalities. That was always the big code. personality. We're getting into monster truck stuff. <clears throat> yeah, we're like, there's people who have just like, you know, like real life situation with big personalities. <laughs> oh, wow. Not rea- no, no, no. But not reality. reality but- no, I didn't say reality. I said just like, <laughs> you know. But yeah, I mean, now, nowadays it's just sort of like, all right, I'll take the, the noodles on the wall, uh, whatever sticks, Netflix approach. Right. Uh, I mean, that they are lucky enough to do probably more than anyone else. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's now even so much food programming on Netflix that I can't even watch all the food programming. Like, there's just so much. so many food-related Korean dramas that I still have to weed through, you know? Wait, that's the thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's like, maybe a dozen Korean, like, kind of soap opera, melodramatic rom-coms. They revolve around restaurants. They revolve around food. There's a show um, where it's, like, a girl who, like, her boyfriend dumps her, and it's, like, her and her little dog, and she, like, cooks food and hangs out with this dog. It's, like, a whole... Like, a lot of people are, like, really latching on and relating to it. (laughs) I remember watching one years ago that came out that was about this young female chef... At a Italian restaurant, it was a Korean drama too. It was just, it's just like, it's like, and then you're like, oh, like food is a trope doesn't <laughs> doesn't always work. Like just because it, it has does food. in Asia, yeah. But I'm like, it, it doesn't for me though. I'm just like, because it used to be like, oh, it has food in it. Like I'm probably gonna basically love it. And now I'm just like, oh, she's a waitress or a chef or he's you know into dessert. And I'm like, I don't, Fair. I don't care. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I you know, it's you, you can get. I'll, I'll I'll live in a world where I can be uh, democratic. And selective about the food programming I work. Yeah, when you uh, have watch. too much to watch at once, that this is maybe the first time ever that that can be said about quality food programming. Yeah, I mean, but it's just great to see food now as um, entertainment and pop mm-hmm. culture. You know, I mean, it really it's full on just now as a form to like watch TV or read blogs or newsletters, things like that, events and things like that. Like it's you know it's it's great. I'll live in that world. You really get you get the good and the bad when it goes to that kind of extent. It's like you get incredibly incredibly like illuminating programming and then you also get top chef kids. Sure. Or you're just like prepping a generation of children to be um competitive and mm-hmm. to treat food um as a contest and like all these all these kind of ideas that Mm. really kind of trigger and freak me out. It's like now when you see food becoming so heavily showcased in media like that, that it fetishizes it to a place where 
it it dumbs down to me what like what it means to make and cook food into a space. But could you say? But then at the same time, we get to watch incredible programming as well. Like you can't get one without the other. No, because there wouldn't be green lights for shows. Um, if food wasn't as popular as it, as it was. But you're actually seeing a lot of the issues of that shift um, of food as being like Instagram fodder or you know a quick way to celebrity uh, as a real issue in kitchens these days because people are not willing to put in the time sure. uh, to work, to learn. And they think they're, you know, like um, one of the biggest issues in kitchens today is staff retention. Yeah. Uh, and people who go to a place, think they can be there for six months or even a year, and say, I'm going to go open up a place, and you're seeing a huge glut of restaurants everywhere. Too many restaurants, not enough stuff, and you get a lot of these places that are open for three months, a year, two years. And the problem is is that if you get into this culture where you feel that, I've been to a restaurant once, and that's it. Yep. And you spread, mm. you spread the money out over all the restaurants and everyone's just making enough to maybe just, um, just keep the lights on, just keep the lights on for a little bit. But you know, say a prayer for John and Vinny. (laughs) Oh, they're fine. (laughs) Those guys are fine. Uh, actually went to dinner service at, uh, uh, Trois Familia the other night. What's the difference between dinner and dinner service? Uh, well, I mean, nothing, but like they, they were doing well, cause they were doing the, they did like this, this pop-up dinner there. But now they're open for dinner, like continuously. Right. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they would. They, so yeah. you don't have to buy a ticket or anything anymore. No, no, twelve. No, no, not twelve. Twelve. Oh, yeah, the, got the it. French got it. My place. bad. My bad. Um, it's a pretty. They have a new like dinner-ish menu, right? Yeah, it's pretty similar to what you can get for brunch, and and which is great because you can get that chicken milanesa any time. But they mm-hmm. had this like awesome gnocchi there, and you can get wine and beer. It was it was nice. Nice. Um, actually, Jimmy Kimmel was there when we were there, and, and uh, you guys didn't go hands. <laughs> no, he was with his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like son of a bitch. Speaking of Kimmel, what's up with the whole Adam Perry Lang restaurant that's opening up in Hollywood? I mean, you know, he had, and I used to eat there a lot because I, I used to work uh, in New York, but Daisy Mays. Mm. And Daisy Mays was this, for those who don't know, this, this barbecue place on the, uh, like, it was like in the f- like 41st and 8th or 9th, and it was always like crazy barbecue. Like, like just out there, it, and not in a, not in a bad way, but like bef- this was sea so urchin pastrami. Weird no, shit. No, 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 no. It was like like 2005 in the city. So barbecue in New York City then was like you know if it Dallas was, barbecue. Yeah. So like it was actual real barbecue, but it was like beef ribs and like other crazy stuff. And he's an amazing, you know, one a legendary pit master. Yeah. Um, and also, I don't know if you follow him on Instagram, but like, I think he's really into fitness too. And like, like he like does like interesting. These, yeah, he does like weird videos of him like standing on one hand and things like that. Oh, um, but that's, uh, a, that's a that's an interesting pivot for a pitmaster to go to. Yeah, but you know, it's like he's uh, I don't know, he's he, I'm sure it's going to do really well. I mean, mm-hmm. I never th- going to be like in Hollywood, <laughs> kind of near. I never thought I'd say the day see, see the day when I was like another barbecue place in LA. I know, <laughs> right? Um, but you know, get at get after it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, another barbecue place from a. I would say probably one of the more notable names. Because a lot of the barbecue places I feel like in LA are are like startups, like got like the you know the Ragtop Fern and Trudy's and and uh, Pearls and things and Horse Thief and like things like that. Um, then you like your blood sows, which is like the legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think he's probably the biggest 
outside city pitmaster to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? I would say so. Like, Without knowing better, that makes that sounds right. Uh, so yeah, I'm sure it'll do well. Speaking of pitmasters, you were in South Carolina. I was in Charleston. You got you some some good barbecue down there. Uh, yeah, so I was down there. Um, you know, my day job, I work over at this awesome company called Taste Made, and I work on the show called Dish. And uh, we were Dish. down shooting four episodes, and we got to shoot with uh, the legendary uh, Rodney Scott, mm-hmm. uh, known for his whole hog mm-hmm. barbecue. But we shot his ribs, and oh my! Like, okay, so normally when I think of <laughs> barbecue. Uh, I think of like a Texas style smoked, like indirect heat. So, you know, the, you have your heat to the one side of the grill, you have your ribs under the chimney, the smoke is being pulled through the ribs and things like that. Um, uh, and if I got that wrong, then sorry to all the pitmasters, but I think that sounds <laughs> right. But he, he grill, and it's a dry rub too. He grills his ribs r- directly over the heat and he mops them. So you have like this liquid, you sort of, caramelizing them and steaming them and things like that and there's also um, is, he, is he mopping quite often uh he mops not as it's not a continuous mop every, um, every 20 minutes something like that i think it's even less i mean mm-hmm. I, I think it's like i think it's like two or three mops over like a couple of hours okay but like when he mops it it's like it's a soft mop a bru- <laughs> you know it's not i'm not brushing like it's it's like it's legit, a super soaker yeah um <laughs> I'll, i have photo i'll sh- i actually posted a photo it's like a nickelodeon slime scenario yeah you, it's you a serious a string mop. and it's a real I don't dump. Know. <laughs> yeah um so yeah so he mops it and but man those ribs uh were were like haunting you know what i mean like it's like one of those things where like haunting um You've got my attention. Charleston was actually a phenomenal uh, place to eat. You know, the, between um, like Bowen's Island, which is like this, they have these these rock oysters. I think they're called rock oysters, mm. but essentially, like they grow in these rock clusters, okay. uh, and they steam them and you shuck them at the table. And then also uh, the Gullah Geechee cuisine, which is like from like Africa that came over with like, the slave mm-hmm. trade, and uh, you know, but that's sort of the base inspiration for what you think of like Southern food and things like that. Um, we shot. At this place called Nana's uh, Seafood and Soul, these mother and daughter place, and we had, did these garlic crabs that are just like, Ooh, like this what's is that the, like? Oh my god! I mean, amazing. So it's steamed and it's ladled in butter. No, and so garlic it's, or it's or fresh like? crabs. So you know, seafood's a huge part of Charleston, and sure. we had these blue crabs, um, and they're uh, they're boiled mm-hmm. in a sauce, um, and then they are dipped in this secret butter sauce. Yeah. Uh, and then Old Bay parsley, and it's just it's the it's this is it's like an American chili crab, Singapore chili crab, where it's like mm, sauced and cooked yeah, and broken yeah, down, I mean, and yeah, like they crack in half, but it's like <clears throat> yeah. it's completely unto itself. Uh, and this this dish, the the crabs in this place, is like the place that all the chefs go mm-hmm. to. Um, but you know, it's great. I mean, you could you could really eat. I mean, there's not a ton of. Like you know, you can't get good like Asian food in Charleston. Mm-hmm. But if you're a seafood country <clears throat> barbecue fan, you're getting pretty damn close. Uh, you can eat a lot. Like they're definitely. It was like one of those days where like just plan on coming back because there's not enough time mm. to eat there. How are the bagels there? Uh, you know. Segway alert. Uh, um. I, I really don't fuck with a bagel. Love me a Carolina bagel, baby. Yeah. Um, I don't fuck with a bagel unless I know I'm getting into something good. 
Like, mm. it's just not worth it. Like, it, it just, like... I completely agree. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it really is not something, like, I'll, I'll go, you know, and when I was down there... No I had Starbucks, baby. I had biscuits. Getting into something good. Yeah, know? yeah, absolutely. Of course. It's like... It's like, oh, cool, like, let's go get a bagel in cities that are not known for bagels, uh, or I can get the biscuit in the right. city that's known for biscuits. So um, I will say, just based on pure uh, ignorance and no trying, I have no idea what a uh, Charleston bagel okay. is like. Well, luckily, the bagels here in L.A. are really great. Yeah, you know. Yeah, do you have any faves? Thanks uh, to our friends. Uh, if, you, if, if you couldn't tell, during this entire, the last 40 minutes, we have been uh, slowly eating bagels as, uh, as silently the, as possible. The industry term is noshing? Noshing. <laughs> yeah, it's nosh. We've been, uh, we've been noshing bag. I mean, leave it, leave it in, but it, it's nosh. <laughs> yeah, um, so, our friends Courage Bagel, so who you know, we potted with last week. Yeah. Andre uh, skipped over there and grabbed a, grabbed a few. They're great. They're great. So, They're delish. Big fan. I grew up in a bagel family. I started grew up in Philadelphia. Philadelphia has great bagels. And then we would go to Montreal, where my dad's from, and my grandparents lived. And we mm. would go to uh, St. Viator, um, who I was lucky enough to sit down with for an upcoming episode of The Tunes. Uh, but they're a legendary... Bagel and the way that bagels are made in uh, Montreal um, is that they're cooked in these giant wooden ovens. Um, they're very wood fresh. fired ovens. Wood yeah. fired oven. There's there's no preservatives. They're um, boiled in like a honey water, so like they're sort of sweet. Mm-hmm. And the greatest, I I think singularly one of the greatest food joys in the world is on a uh, blizzardy, bleak. <laughs> Like snow encrusted day in Montreal, going to Saint Viateur, getting a hot dozen, and just eating it like still hot out of the bag, no cream, just mm. like just it's like the it best. owes you money, just eat that mm. fucking thing. It's just it's it's like it's like one of those like I, I blacked out and like I've eaten like three or four like and uh, so um, <laughs> it's fantastic. And Courage is doing them in the very similar style, uh, you know. Um, of that in the same way that like black seed is doing sort of like a hybrid, uh, the mile end people out in, in New York. But, um, you know, I also lived in New York and New York is obviously infamous for its bagels, but moving to LA, there was always this conception that bagels were, um, you know, subpar, um, mm-hmm. which was true. I think you can, you can, and I have gotten a very crappy bagel, uh, in LA, but, um, as, Food is moving to the pop culture, as we recently talked about. So is the bagel, and the bagel is very much uh, a pop culture food item, uh, I think. I think it's – if you grow up with it, you don't think of it Especially as a novelty. Especially when it looks like a rainbow. Yeah. You know, oh, well, that's <laughs> for another time. But, like, if you've never grown up with it and, you like, your idea of bagel is, like, a, a squishy six-pack and a lender is, you know, that can – you can, like – Mm-hmm. decompress and it puffs right back up mm-hmm. y- you know you're like oh it's like this weird ethnic food but it's been wholly Im- <laughs> i mean i'm serious like yeah yeah, yeah. i mean t- i mean honestly okay. get out of new get out of like the jewish populations and mm-hmm. bagel is like what the what is like i have i've i've had a bagel but you've never you've never actually had a bagel mm-hmm. and so it's moving here from mexico and having a taco and being yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it's taco like Bell. it's like what you think of like a quesadilla uh, at, like if never being to Mexico, then you go to Mexico and you order a quesadilla. And you're like, no, I ordered the quesadilla, and they're like, yes. <laughs> but 
you know, look, I think Courage is doing a great job, um, but I think there's a lot of people who are doing really great bagels. I think, um, you know, Yeasty Boys is really... You like Yeasty Boys. I think they're doing... I haven't had it. They're really good. They're really fun. They're doing, like, a, you know, they, make, they put up a good bagel, and they... The Evan lots of just, toppings, right? Lots of toppings, lots of fun stuff. Um, but then you also have, like, the put big... Put up a good bagel. The, the supplier. So you have um, Bagel Brokers, yep. uh, Brooklyn Water Bagels, which is owned by Larry King... Uh, which actually Ooh. literally has, if you go into the Beverly Hills, they have a whole room that is like they change the alchemy, the pH balance of the water to make it so it's the same as Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And they're like pumping out gallons and stuff like that. And they also do their egg creams with that and things I like that. I haven't even heard of this. I heard they, a rumor that did the same thing on Mulberry Street Pizza for the dub. Yeah, yeah. So, that you would know, make sense. So, you, so um, once well, a month uh, at slice. work. I actually curated Bagel Friday, and we, we bring in different people. We had Courage come in. We had Yeasty Boys, Bagel Brokers, things like that. So, uh, and I, I, I think I finally – I think you can get – not everywhere, but it's the same thing about New York. You, like not every bagel is a good bagel in New York, but I think you, if you know where to go in L.A., get yeah. solid, great bagel. Hands down. You're lousy with bagel. Lousy. Up to my freaking ears. Who makes the bagels at the Hollywood Farmer's Market that – people seem to really really love i don't know um i like this this courage i feel like the my favorite part about it is the salt she's yeah, got she's got a really good nice. salt yeah. crystal con a good con- salt i mean you know i like i like salt in a bagel um you guys ever fuck with a salt bagel like a full-on yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's, I, that's I like got andre written a, all over it a toasted True. salted bagel with like cream cheese i'm sort of like ah, the whole time mm-hmm. yeah yeah, it's like a salt and vinegar potato chip. Yeah, but I, I, I like it. You know, it's, it's, there's so much room in the world now for, for good food and for people to sort of dive into it. I mean, the fact that Courage Bagel, you have the, the, these, these women like, who are just like, yeah, we're going to make bagels and we're going like, to bike out and we're going to be in Silver Lake and we're going to like, make these bagels and people really respond to it. Like, it's, it's awesome. It's like food as craft instead, mm-hmm. of, instead of where people are like, uh, you know, like in the mid 2000s, there was like the bust, like craft fairs and things like that. We're like, oh, we make, you know, knitted hats for cats or th- something mm-hmm. like that. Now it's like, <laughs> oh, we're going to make muffins. We're going to make bagels. We're going to make, you know, mm-hmm. popsicles and things like that. Um, and I'm down, like, I'm down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally absolutely. down. Um, I'm, more, I'm more into a edible than a consumable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 you know, I'm just down that food has just become what it's become as. As a piece of pop culture, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's great. I mean, and you, like you said, you have all the goods and bads that come with it. But like, you wouldn't have if food wasn't as popular as it is today, we would not be eating Courage Bagel right now. There's mm-hmm. no way. And also, the three of us wouldn't be in a room recording a conversation about said food. No, no, that's true. <clears throat> well, we. Uh, I want to get to where you. The, why you were here to talk about your event coming up next week? Yeah, so we're super. But for but first, oh, but first, I have some stew news. Stew news. Two days ago, I ate at Kismet. Okay. Whoa. Mm. Shout out to them, JBF Simon finalists as well. Oof. All right, <laughs> let me let me adjust my. Okay, all right. Uh, I'm for, stable for fans of the show. I I notoriously as a bit as a joke talk about hating Kismet. Having never really eaten a meal there, I went to an early friends and family. That's thing. not fair. That's not name. fair. Well, yeah. that's why it's a joke. Oh, okay, uh, but was it? You know, and then, um, but just just as like a funny bit that has sort of snowballed for over a year now. Yeah, like it something seems you like. can't escape that starts as a stupid one-off, like yeah, forgettable yeah. joke, like how you and your friends call each other bro, and then as a joke, and then you actually just start doing it, and then you're at their wedding, you're going bro. When you <laughs> met Sarah. 
<laughs> yeah. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> but uh, Royce, Royce Burke, who's, who's been on the show, our friend Royce from Secret Lasagna, he was like, you know what, let's just go to fucking Kismet. I just want to get this over with. And I was like, yeah, all right, Had fine. he never been either? No, he had been there. He had been there. Oh, and but, he he was like, he, but he's like, I'm tired of this stupid joke. No, it was just yeah. kind of a little bit. Maybe <laughs> a, little a little bit. bit. Yeah. Because a lot of people are just like, this is not accurate. Uh, uh, went for lunch. They didn't have the, the, the crispy rabbit? rice. Oh, the crispy they didn't rice. have the crispy rice thing, which is like their 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 main dish during lunch, which was a disappointment. But, uh, I mean, I feel like there is some kismet in the air as as pod legend Mark Marin was dining right down right down the the bench from us. Yeah. Uh I, I understand Kismet now, but I don't. I don't think I'd ever go back. But I love it. But I, I lo- the uh, the first thing I had was like the cucumber citrus salad sure. with like yogurt and rose water, and I thought that was amazing. I mean, it was probably like thirteen bucks for three bites, but it was really good. I mean, look, I I like living in a world where Kismet exists. I do too, and I, I understand like, that Kismet has a has a reason and, and a place I, in this world. And I like, you know, I've I've known. Sarah and Sarah for a long time, and uh, that rabbit dish mm-hmm. that Sarah used to do at Glassery was my, I can't remember what year I ate, what it was, but like when I did the Eater Roundup, like favorite dish of the year, like that was my favorite dish, and I dreamed of that dish, it haunted me, I couldn't get anywhere, and when they were opening, opening kids, I was like, can you put that rabbit dish on, and put the rabbit dish on, and they put it on, and it was like the chance to like revisit that, and so like, mm-hmm. I have a lot of love for that, I think that rice dish is phenomenal, I could eat eight of those, like, I... I like it. Like I like it. I like there's an all day Mediterranean, Middle Eastern place. I just I like what they're doing. Run by two badass women, you know. I liked I liked the flaky bread with like a tomato water oh, yeah. and yogurt and some market lettuce. That was really nice. I mean, that's honestly, I feel like with that food, I could just like uh, I I could always, I'm always down for that type of food where mm-hmm. it's like full of flavor, lots of yogurt <laughs> sauce, mm-hmm. uh, and just chill all day, you know. I think if if I was rich, I would sure. eat there a lot more. But it's just like to really do it right, you really gotta spend too much money. It's a, it's a it's because they have really good wine, and you like you want to get some wine. I mean, and look, you gotta, it's it's a it's an indulgence. You know, it's definitely yeah. a, it's not. It's a hundred dollar lunch. Yeah, it's expensive uh, at times, but they also put the serve. I mean, you know, they put the serving cost in yeah. into your meal. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's because you don't separate it out. That's the th- that's the thing is like. You go, oh, it was eighty bucks, and then you don't even think about the tip. But it's it's mm-hmm. you know their eighty buck, you know their hundred dollars is an eighty dollar meal somewhere else. Yeah, that's true. So but you it, know, it's it, like it's it's tough. It's tough to look at those numbers because mentally you don't separate it out. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's any more or less than other restaurants of that level. Mm-hmm. But it, there's it, also there's also not a lot of like I don't, I'm not also going to a lot of like arguably. Two, three star ish John and Vinny, Sarah and Sarah restaurants for lunch. Mm-hmm. Like my lunch is like, can I get an eight dollar pad thai? Right, mm-hmm. right, you know what right, I mean. Right. Sure. I was on Grubhub the other day and something was like fifteen bucks, and I was like, ah, I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know what you mean. Yeah, uh, but it has it has been an interesting experiment pretending that I hate Kismet for a, such a long time. Is it over? Like, is the joke over? I don't know if it's over. I don't. I don't want it to end. But like the amount of people that reach have reached out to me over the last period of months with their real opinions, of, and like people didn't even believe me when I said I liked Kismet. I was like, oh, I like the salad. And they're like, what'd you really think? Like everybody, I think most people 
want to hate it. It's well, like a weird. It's been a weird journey. Well, I don't Jason's know why. I mean, I've, I've literally never had a bad. Day. There's so many other restaurants you could hate. It's a. It's every point you can make right now has been made by oh, 15 in front fine. of you. But I think what Jason's trying to say is that he's gotten so much attention, he's willing to trash any good restaurant for this kind of. <laughs> That's not what I'm is that saying. Why, is that why you're saying what you're saying about Felix before? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just he's like, a little stinker. This one. It's just been it's been interesting to see people reach out to you when you say something publicly negative about something when other people aren't, well, perhaps. I'll, I'll, He's experiencing I'll, the power of the dark side. I'll say this right now. Yeah, but just like we, people are like, hey, I'm so glad you, know, you thought you'd kiss, you didn't like Kismet because I went there and I didn't like it. Also, I, do you own guns? We should go to this gun show. <laughs> all right, um, cool. Talk to you later. Uh, <laughs> in all the years of Snacky Tunes, I don't think we've ever publicly gone on the record talking negatively about any chef or restaurant. That's great. We've just never. That's cute. We, we just we've never done that because I it's we're just not critics. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we're not. I'm not. And I like. But yeah, the, I feel like you could be. I feel like you have enough experience and sure, knowledge. But, but to I'm do not. So. But I, but I'm not. And and I and the way that I and I feel even stronger now because you know when we started the show like ten years ago. Um, you know, not. I think you, the idea of like public opinion being critics was not as big as it is now. Mm-hmm. And now, even so, I was like, I don't want anything on the record. Like, what do I know? Like, honestly, like, what do I know enough? I'm not a trained critic. I, I, I didn't. I didn't go to school for it. Um, I don't. You know, I couldn't tell you one wine from another. I couldn't tell you what you're doing sometimes in the kitchen when food comes out. Mm-hmm. Do I know a lot about food? Do I know about restaurants? Sure, mm-hmm. but not enough for me to be like, I don't like that. You know, I mean, and and the thing is that, like, I'll celebrate the people that we do like. Sure, you know, that's how I mean, I'll spend that's, my time. That's the high road to make. But but when the microphones are off, oh yeah, when the microphones are off, uh, and we're talking is like, do I like this place or not? Absolutely, mm-hmm. I have my opinions. But going like that's just never. We've just never been about that. It's just um, nobody's about that. A lot of people are about. that. A lot of people are about that. I I think I think people. Like what podcasts or radio shows or food things are? I would say are, food blogs more than podcasts, but I think there are people who make their bones by being negative but to the, other people. But, so, I mean, the idea... I mean, look, look at the idea of being like a professional Yelper. Right. You know? There's that. Yeah. Like that to me is a career of, of... But how do you get paid to Yelp? I don't know. <laughs> I mean... But podcasting, too, generationally is so recent. Jonathan Gold doesn't even do it anymore. Compared to, like, the... No, he doesn't. The, actually, that and that's Sorry, a great... Andre. No, no, no. Sorry. Where he's... But, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. But, jo- <laughs> but you know, jo- um, yeah, Jonathan Gold does not... He'll... he'll you can read that, between the lines. Art, art, yeah, you can read between the lines. Uh, he's not like Pete Wells. If Pete Wells, like... I feel like the New York Times still makes it a habit of being, like... Uh, like a couple times a year. I feel like Pete Wells has kind of been declawed a lot as well. But yeah, he'll have to do like one or two like slam dunks a year to get the to get the traffic. Oh, I got a goose egg from the Wells. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I I think here's what I think. There are so many restaurants now to cover mm. that and good restaurants that to waste time on reviewing a bad restaurant unless. It's like you're baiting someone. Like, I'm a celeb chef or this. We're going out. Mm-hmm. And you feel like you can't not review it. Like, it's weird. Like you... Salt Bay's restaurant. Sure. Right. Like Salt Bay's restaurant. There's no way 
you can't review it. Like, there's not. Like, there's just not. Like, it's, it's just the way the media works. Like, everyone's reviewing it. You know, you want to be the one when I go Salt Bay Restaurant Review, oh, we're going to get the hundreds of thousands of clicks that are coming through. Right. Um, but that's a perfect example of it. But, like, if I'm, a, if I'm a restaurant critic, and let's say I can put out, I can review 52 restaurants a year, and maybe some of those are revisits, or maybe even some of those are outside of my city. If I don't have to review a bad restaurant, because reviewing a bad restaurant professionally means you got to go there three times. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you really got to go. Mm-hmm. Like, why, like, why waste that time? Like, like, let's celebrate these places. Like, even, even now, there's, like, restaurants I would rather have back on to talk about mm-hmm. on the show and be like, how are you two years in, when you're in, you know, like, how's it going? Yeah. Uh, versus being like, oh, this is, like, a really popular restaurant. Like, let's get them on. Yeah, I just I, I I think you I and I think it's a different game, but I think it's there's been a shift, at least professionally, that's more celebratory because there's so much negatively negative stuff, uh, in like the non professional realm. Yeah, right. That, true. That makes sense. But how how satisfying is it to read a professionally well written bad Take review? Down? That's a, I mean, sure. Obviously, it's like dark He's and projecting and kind of fuck. I'm, because like, there's definitely. But everyone, like when you when you read the Pete Wells interview or review of the Guy Fieri's restaurant, I hated it. Every single. I I actually I actually because if you remember that review, I, it was written differently than the other ones. It was like all yeah. these questions, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I was that. like, I was like, oh, you're playing the game. I was like, you're 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 low hanging fruit. I was yes. It was low hanging fruit. I was like, I was like, you didn't write this like a normal review because you knew it would generate stuff. And like, and like, great, like, g- great for what it did, things like that. But what? But when I read that, and I was like, I was like, this is just part of the whole pantheon of like the bad side of pop culture. Right. And you played, you playing into it, you playing it, and it, it hit, got the results it wanted. I mean, it was a national news story. You know, mm-hmm. they're on TV the next day, um, and for that to come out of a restaurant review, <laughs> like. I mean, let's just let's be honest. That amount of coverage out of restaurant review, <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. But did he treat it like a normal restaurant? No. His argument is because Guy Fieri didn't treat his restaurant like a normal restaurant, so it's like uh, you know, like a tit right. for tat thing. But yeah, you know, um, I don't people know. want to keep their jobs, right? And yeah. the tradition of food criticism is steeped in takedowns and axemen, and it's yeah. basically like <clears throat> if, when you think about. The idea of how we've consumed food and dinner in restaurants in the yeah. last 30, 40 years, the idea of domestic homesteading and, you know, somebody in the house, nor typically women 50 years ago, cooking dinner and you would go out to eat once on the weekend, right? So you're not really consuming food criticism to find out where you're going to eat those four or five nights now that we go out to restaurants or a lot of people do, you're looking at it for entertainment and you don't want to hear about something good that you can't go have. You want to hear about somebody putting themselves out there and being completely destroyed and having a horrible meal because then you didn't miss that good meal. It's schadenfreude instead of FOMO. Yeah. But so now there's so, there's so, there's so much going on in the food world and we've changed our eating habits to go out to eat so often we don't have time to strictly sit there and consume negative reviews. Exactly. We only have time to look at good reviews because we use them so extensively. That's exactly the point. There's too much good food out there to waste any time on the bad stuff. And I think uh, that goes back to the other thing you're saying. Like, there's just too many restaurants, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
Damn, Andre, big facts. Big facts. Big facts. No, okay. All right, buddy. Final. So in the final bit, uh, super excited. Yes. About uh, Golden Voice Partnership. Uh, Tuesday, March 13th at El Rey Theater. Here in L.A. Here in L.A. You can go to the elray.com for tickets just under Snacky Tunes. But it's our first Snacky Tunes Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, you so know, cool. We've been doing events for years. We did the barbecue blowouts. And the El Rey is no small venue, my friend. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not a small <laughs> venue, but thankfully we have the boys, Michael and Micah, Wexler Delis, uh, mm. Naya, who's going to be performing live, who's incredible. You know, she came to sort of prominence on uh, White Club on track back in like the late 2000s, and she's doing her own underground music now, and she put out her first album, and she's in L.A. Mm-hmm. She's got a, the, probably the hardest tattoo I've ever seen. It's mm. just... On her left arm, facing her, so when she looks down, she can read it. It just says Tony Soprano. <laughs> wow. Like, not a face, not a logo, just Tony Soprano. <laughs> and point it up to her. So it's, her it's only read. for her. Yeah. It's only for mama to read. It's pretty. Yourself again. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so, um, you know, we've been doing live panels and we've been doing these food events, and Golden Voice asked us if we could do uh, Snack Tunes Live, which is a combination of it. So, um, you get a plate of food from Wexler's, and the, t- the food they're doing, they, they haven't told us yet. They're actually working on it this weekend, but uh, it's going to be food you can only get at Exclusive. that event. It's like a supreme drop. Yeah, so cool. Didn't they just come out with a pastrami breakfast burrito? They did. That won't be there. But, uh, that looks fucking crazy. But uh, they did mention that I think we're going to have black and white biscotti. So. Ooh. Awesome. Um, theme. And then uh, Niall will be performing. She's going to do uh, an acoustic set, about five songs, I would say, throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Dave P. Times Two and Russell B. Alexander, uh, who will be uh, on the platters Dave that P. matter. Great. Yeah. So it's going to be really good. You know, it's, um, you know, this really ties back. We'll go full circle in these last few minutes of just it's the fact that we get to do a food event at Elray Theater. With Golden Voice mm-hmm. would not happen if food wasn't at the pop culture pantheon status that we currently have it. Full Absolutely. stop. Um, and you know, food is entertainment. I mean, the fact that people are going to come out and see us talk about food and eat food and and hear stories about it from musicians and things like that, and that being the central focus, uh, is crazy. Like it's just full <laughs> on, you know. And this isn't some. Dry panel, like these are a lot of fun. You know, it's going to be you know DJs and food and music and drinks and like a night out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's awesome to be a part of. I mean, it's crazy to really think about like it being a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's fun. You know, it's really fun. It's really fun just to see it uh, and to be part of it and to sort of celebrate food as it's, it's so popular. Um, I love it. And, you know, shout out to Golden Voice for being, like, awesome partners in shout this. And, Golden Voice. Um, Forward thinking. Yeah, I know. So we're really excited. Sounds um, like we're going to have to have the stew at the L Ray next time, huh? <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, but, yeah, tickets are on sale. That would be amazing. Uh, March 13th. Um, we're super pumped. And we'll be, we'll be probably announcing the food in advance. So, so mm-hmm. check out our... You know, Instagram yeah, for all that stuff things. and a plate of quality Wexler's food. That's a good deal. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, look, you get it's a hangout. You get snack and live. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, put a price on that. I dare you to try. Yeah. It. Uh, ask my mom; it's priceless. Uh, you get plate of food. You get DJ sets from three of my favorite DJs, our favorite LA's and New York's Phillies, and uh, live performance from Naya. 
It's a night out. Mm-hmm. And, we're, and it's not, here's the other thing. It's not a five-hour event. We're going to keep it between like two and three. Like you go after work, have your food, have your podcast. You're in bed. You can be in bed by probably 10.30. You know your demographic. Bing, bang, boom. You're watching Homeland at 10.30. Yeah, or Looming so, Tower. So you're picturing not mm-hmm. a lot of like 16-year-olds sneaking with fake IDs. Um, <laughs> Stay up until 6 in the morning. I don't know. I, I don't know. You're maybe. seeing your demographic a little bit older. You know, look, maybe, maybe going to Snackatoons Live is the new like sneaking out and going to the show. I think it is. Is, is there going to be wheelchair access? Yeah, ADA yeah, accessible. Absolutely. <laughs> sure. 100%. Uh, no, you know. I mean, we'll see who comes, um, but we're really, you know, it's, it's just, we're excited. We're really excited, like, just to do this and to, to, be, to be able to curate and to host people that we absolutely love musically and food-wise and to bring them together and to really create a moment that doesn't feel like you've shoehorned two things mm-hmm. that don't really fit together. Like, you're, you're really just making, uh, like, a, a cohesive night mm-hmm. uh, where you can see, like, the parallels in between, like, these two sort of, like, arts and cultures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you can go to theelray.com and get mm-hmm. ticks on there. And then you can follow you on uh, on social media yeah. at Darren Bresnitz. And that's D-A-R-I-N-B-R-E-S-N-I-T-Z. And then also Snacky Tunes. That's mm-hmm. Snack with a Y, Snacky Tunes. Um, yeah, we're yeah, out go, there. Go, yeah, go listen to Snacky Tunes. Go uh, the Phil Rosenthal episode is a great one to start off if you haven't Phil listened Rosenthal's to it. Phil Rosenthal's great. We also have a Lhasa episode. Then we uh, have a... We have a stuff. We're coming up on episode 350. That's wild, We're in baby. season 10. That's amazing. Uh, it's a lot. Congratulations. Thanks, man. It's, it's, we're really happy. And it's, it's the fact that people keep wanting to talk to us. I mean, they haven't figured, us, figured it out yet. So. Sure. So as long as they keep well, saying yes, we'll show up with a microphone. I feel like Andre's talking to me right now. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, thanks for having us, guys. Thank you. And you can follow me at them jeans on social media. And Andre has no social media. Right. Good and for you. No. Sometimes I wish I didn't. No. Trust me. <laughs> uh, com is the website where all of our episodes live. Sweet. Go find them there. Thanks for doing this, bud. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thanks for the bagels. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.